eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to a new episode of The Good Old Podcast. I'm Jack French, really for Wahoo's 24-7. And we're here with a new episode of the podcast. And it's been a busy a few weeks for Virginia football. They're on the recurring trail. Obviously, basketball has also been on the recurring trail, and they picked up a few commitments over the transfer portal over the course of the few weeks. But focus now is really on the Virginia football program as they look to hit the road with a lot of coaches checking in on high schools and checking in on targets that they are seeing so that they can either extend offers or make sure they're in good academic standing, but also in setting up those official visits for June. And also, of course, um, these athletes are also performing in their college showcases around the country and also trying to map up their visits for the summer. So before we get going and some of the main storylines, why don't you go ahead and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you could hit to Apple and Spotify so that you can leave a review and rank us. And also, if you're on YouTube, why don't you go and like this channel, like this video and also click on the bell so that you're notified whenever those videos pop up. And as you've noticed on YouTube, we've been able to post some interviews over the course of the last few weeks. So we had that one-on-one interview with Clemson transfer DB Malcolm Green, who is also a Highland Springs uh, graduate. So just down the road in Highland Springs, right by the Richmond airport, he decided to commit to Virginia and is set to transfer uh, to you. Yeah, he'll be enrolling in just a few weeks. He told me when I talked to him, at Highland Springs that he has have a quick internship in New York before he comes back and is set to enroll at Virginia at the end of the month. So exciting times for UVA. So let's just get the big news out of the way. Since the last time we were here with the podcast, not only did they pick up Malcolm Green's commitment, which is a big commitment, someone I told you guys to watch out for uh, as soon as he got into the portal, because there was a lot of noise uh, around him that he was entering the portal and there was a lot of noise that Virginia was going to go after him as soon as he got into the portal. Um, he's heading home to Virginia. And then they kept someone home. John Rogers, a tight end out of Episcopal High School in Alexandria, Virginia, decided to commit to Virginia. 
And that was a very successful feat for the program. Not only they picked up a good transfer to possession to need, but they also secured a good in-state prospect, a underrated prospect who was not ranked by 24-7 before his commitment to Virginia and is now a top 20 athlete in Virginia. He's actually number 13 in the 24-7 sports rankings. And that's without playing much of tight end in his high school career. He is set to play a little bit more tight end this year. So once he gets that film in, his ranking could even get higher. So that's a very good evaluation from the staff. Getting in there early, uh, John Rogers said, as soon as he picked up that offer, and honestly, talking to him on the phone, you can kind of um, feel that commitment coming. He loved Virginia, grew up watching Virginia. Um, as soon as that offer came in, he was overjoyed. The way he spoke, he said Desk Kitchens came by his school, saw baseball practice. He picked up the offer while Tony Elliott uh, was on the phone with him, and he was at his son's Little League practice. John Rogers said that he just loved the family feel. And then his mom and him visited once more, and he just felt that love and wanted to make sure he was one of those commitments. And he's already actively recruiting several to join him. Um, he's set to take an official visit, that first official visit weekend in June, which is already packed with some big-time prospects coming there, some very high targets, including edge rusher Gerard Johnson, a very in-state uh, in target that is very much high on Virginia's board and is someone that we'll be keeping an eye on for possibly making a decision rather quickly in the summer. So Virginia stands a good chance there. So before we get going, I, I really want you guys to hear some of my interview with John Rogers um, because you can really hear the excitement over his decision to commit to Virginia. So here's John Rogers explaining why he decided to come to Virginia and what's next for him. When I first picked up the offer, I kind of knew in my heart that UVA was the place for me. But um, I took a few weeks to talk with my parents and finalize the details. Um, and I, I used that time to build a good relationship with Coach Kitchings and Coach Elliott. And then I think the visit on Monday was the icy on the cake. Um, just I, I, it was me and my mom. So my mom flew down from California, and um, she picked me up from school, and we drove drove down to Charlottesville. Um, got to see uh, actually Evan Butts um, took us on an awesome tour, and my mom absolutely loved it. Um, and at lunch with the coaches, I, I, I kind of announced, you know, that I was going to be heading to UVA for the next four years, which is, is awesome. It was a dream come true. Um, yeah. How has your uh, relationship with Kitchings and Elliot changed since the offer till now? They've been so welcoming. Um, Kitchings has reached out directly to my parents, um, texting us like every day, um, you know, such an amazing guy. Um, him and I have spoken on the phone every, almost every day since, since um, they offered me. And um, that really means a lot to me, especially considering, you know, they were the first power five program to, to offer me. And um, I had some other schools reaching out to me and wanting to get on the phone or whatever, but um, it just means more that they, they took the risk and um, they were the first ones to, to believe in my talents and offer me a spot. Um, so I think that just speaks to how much I'm, I'm wanted there. And that's, that's kind of what I wanted to get a feel for, you know. When I first picked up the offer, I was like, hmm, like, do they, do they want me to commit? Is this just are they throwing their name out there? But 
um, I came to realize that um, they really, they really made, they really made it. They made, they made me feel, they made me feel welcomed, and, and um, that's I really appreciate that. Um, Coach Kitchen is such a such a great guy. Um, we talked analytics, we talked family, we talked baseball. He he's awesome. <laughs> he's, he's awesome. I think a lot of the coaches' kids play baseball. I think that's yeah, uh, yeah, they do. I, I, th- um, I think you said Coach Elliott offered you while his kids were in a little league game, right? Yeah, he did. They were they were at practice, and um, yeah, I picked up the phone, and he was showing me a video of his son taking batting practice. So that was really uh, a wholesome moment. Um, but yeah, they at the end of the visit, they were all talking about their their son's little league games and. Um, throwing curveballs, you know, what it was really funny because you see all these guys, you know, you see them on TV, all serious, you know, in game time, but behind the scenes, they're really, they're really family men, you know, they, 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 you know, they're, 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 I mean, Coach Elliott's building, building this program like a family, you know, Um, getting to know all the guys. Um, When I told Coach Elliott in his office, um, I stepped outside and the entire coaching staff was, in the lobby waiting, um, all cheering and clapping. And it was really an amazing experience for me and my mom. Now you have your official visits the first weekend in June, right? Yes, ma'am. The June, June 2nd to June 4th. So you're going to be a recruiter now for Virginia. You're not many more a prospect for them, I guess. You're like kind of the recruiter for them. What is your message to those guys on the official visit? Well, it's important to find a place that makes you that makes you feel special and that you feel you can become a, an integral part of. And for me, I felt that immediately when I walked on UVA's campus. You know, from the first conversations I had with with uh, the coaching staff, um, really. Uh, and so on these official visits, you, you need to really um, take the time to notice the small things, like walk around campus, see classrooms. You know. Um, get to know daily life around UVA. Um, and it's really at that point where I think it's hard not to see how amazing UVA is as an institution. Um, not only the football program, but, you know, I'm, I'm in it, and so are the other guys that are committed. We, we are in it for long-term, you know. It's a long-term investment. Such an amazing school, such an amazing football program. There's endless opportunity there, you know, so – I think in these next few weeks, um, I'm trying trying to help other players, you know, who've picked up offers or are looking to play UVA, trying to help them um, come to that real, same realization. Now, as I mentioned, Rogers was not the only one who made a decision to commit to Virginia. Also, a guy who made his decision was Malcolm Green. Virginia did a good job of getting in there early. Obviously, there was that connect, connection with Miles Green, which you remember – he was a guest on our podcast and obviously a guy who was all cavalier through and through there in that podcast saying how much he liked UVA. How's already recruiting Christian Martin, who is also trying to visit uh, for Virginia. He's a quarterback in the 2024 class at Highland Springs. Uh, he tells me that he's trying to map out a Virginia official visit. He's just trying to work out uh, his seven on seven schedule as well. So Malcolm Green committed. Um, he visited very quietly to Virginia um, and then committed soon after and that was a good get for Virginia. That was a good get to can remain in state. It was a position of need. He's going to play that cornerback 
back nickel position. He says he's going to play mostly corner. I know he's in Clemson. He's played safety, played nickel. He played a little bit of corner, but at Virginia, he's aimed to play mostly corner, maybe a little bit at nickel, which is where he wants to play. And when I spoke to him at Highland Springs, again, that full interview is on our YouTube channel, but also or the full written article is also on Wahoo's 24-7. And when you spoke to Malcolm, he talked about how different this Virginia culture, this Virginia staff is compared to when he visited as a high school player. Don't forget, Virginia did recruit Malcolm Green coming out of high school. And when he, he visited Virginia about four or five times during his high school athletic career. So he noticed a couple of differences and he made note of that in the interview, which I'm going to play some parts of it here in a second. But also he talked about the reason behind he made, he did commit, you know, obviously when you look at it, yes, he had miles green, his brother there. He knew Kobe pace, who was at Clemson, but he also knew Tony Elliott, obviously Clemson. He came from Clemson. He was defensive coordinator at Clemson. Then he came here as a head coach, Malcolm green, knew him although they didn't coach the, the same side of the ball Malcolm Green was on defense Tony Elliott was offense they had a good relationship while they were at Clemson so that relationship kind of helped that relationship coming um so there was a lot of the word family was mentioned a lot when you talk to Malcolm Green he's very excited to be playing in his home state that's that's kind of what you get from the transfer portal a lot of these guys who are coming in as grand transfers just just want to play in front of their families once again. So here's Malcolm Green explaining his decision to commit to Virginia. Uh, it, it's a really a dream come true to be on the same team as my younger brother. Like I always wanted to be the voice of leadership on a team for him. And I feel like this is a great opportunity to do so. What was Miles' reaction when that was even a possibility? He was ecstatic. He was more happy, he was more happy than I ever really seen him on the phone call. When he found out that I was gonna be in the portal, mm -hmm. he really, both of us really knew that that was the main place that I was ever even considering for me to go outside of Clemson. And he was just happy that he knew that I would be on his team. So are you saying that he was your main recruiter going to UVA? Definitely, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Him and Kobe Pace. And how much was that familiarity, not only with a home state school, but with Tony Elliott that you knew at Clemson? A lot of familiarity. Me and Coach Tony Elliott were, I don't want to say extremely close when he was a coach but we definitely had some very valuable conversations in his time being there we sit down in the bistro and talk and he used to drop a lot of knowledge on me and i value him being a coach that does that because it's not oftentimes you meet a coach who cares about you as a man what was the differences you saw when you visited this last time major differences just really the culture it's like the culture has turned into i don't want to say turned into but at Clemson, best is the standard, and you can see that best is really the standard at UVA. And Coach Elliott and everybody who's a position coach on the staff holds everybody who's in the building accountable throughout the entire day, whether it's academics on the field or in the building. I just like how everybody just demands excellence out of everybody that's there, and that's what I demand out of myself. So, again, good news for Virginia. They not only cemented one more commitment in a 24 class, making it Three in-state commitments for Virginia, Benjamin York, Ethan Minter, and also John Rogers. So that means three in-state commitments so far. Um, and then they picked up a transporter commitment in Malcolm Green, a good DB addition, which means now they have three new additions that is set to enroll in the fall so far, which means Malcolm Green at DB, position of need, Brian Stevens, He's also expected to come in the summer. We had him on the show as well. 
And then also Jimmy Christ, a offensive lineman who decided to come to transfer from Penn state to Virginia. He was also a former UVA commitment as a high school athlete. So again, Grading, getting those positions in need. They knew they needed to attack the O-line. They knew they needed to attack the secondary, and they were able to get two O-linemen and the secondary. So what's next? So as you, could, as you saw from my scholarship breakdown last week on Wahoo's 24-7, Virginia is currently at 85 scholarships, even when you count Aaron Famui and, um, Aaron Famui and Cam Butler. Excuse me, I was trying to remember. Cam Butler. Though so, both of their scholarships don't count against Virginia because they decided the NCAA allowed those two to come back with an extra year of eligibility due to the tragic events that happened last November. So those scholarships don't count. Now, I talked to a few sources, and actually they told me, because when I looked through my scholarship chart and you saw everything, it's all laid out on Wahoo's 24-7. Jared Raymond and a few others still have scholarships. And be, there's a situation with Jared Raymond's scholarship, and if the way it was explained to me was although Jared Grayman was a walk-on and he picked up a scholarship, it was kind of, it's kind of a weird situation where he only had a scholarship for one year. So I wasn't sure how the NCAA like, counts those scholarships if because he's getting another year eligibility because he's a senior. So does he count with Aaron Famui and Cam Butler? So it looks like that's the case. Um, but I was told under complete certainty, 100%, that Virginia is actually counting 84 scholarships athletes, no matter how they figure it out, numbers always work out. Virginia's at 84. So that means they can bring in one more transfer target. Now, where would that transfer target be? So at first, when you look at the depth, when you look at, you know, the Chicago trip chart and see the distribution of positions, what you would notice is right now, they can possibly add more experience at wide receiver. It's a very young group. I mean, it's a very young, talented group. If you look at Dakota Tweedy, who was injured last year. He definitely looks the part when you see him on that field. Then you also have Jaden Gibson, who impressed early on as a freshman, as he coming in as an early enrollee. And obviously you also have J.R. Wilson coming in, who's also showing his ability to come go up there and snatch the ball and did a good job of shugging off Tavon Kyle in the spring ball for that long touchdown um, from Tony Musket to himself. So the wide receiver does have young talent. So an option for them is try to bring an experienced talent at wide receiver, add a little bit more depth, and more seniority in the group. So obviously that's an option. You can always reinforce the secondary a little bit. Obviously Cam Kelly went into the transfer portal, transferred to Louisville. So maybe look at another safety to kind of replace Cam Kelly, or maybe go back there and add more, more cornerback depth. Although the, the, the DBs are a little interesting because it's a very overloaded in that middle group. Um, if you look again in the scholarship chart, you're going to see that, that there's a lot of guys who have two, three years extra eligibility. Um, so be, um, so maybe you want to get more experienced guys in that group. So again, you can go to secondary, but from all I can gather, they're basically going to go with the best available prospect in the transport that they can get. So they're evaluating everybody. It doesn't matter what position you are. They're evaluating. Well, I don't want to say no matter position, they're perfectly happy with the quarterback. I'm going to repeat that. There's been some reports out there that says they're not happy with Tony Musket. They are happy with Tony Musket. They're happy at their quarterback room. So I don't foresee them going after a quarterback. Let me just say that. So right now, so that is what they're looking at. The best available prospect in the transport. You're seeing a lot of different positions. Uh, mostly what I've noticed is they're looking at wide receivers. They're looking at secondaries in the secondary. Um, there have been a couple of D linemen that I've noticed them um, evaluate, like talking to some of these transfer candidates, you know, talking to them. They've, they've either heard from UVA or they've, known that they're being evaluated or they're, they're getting the starting the process or sending transcripts. So there's 
when I've talked to those transfer guys, I've noticed some defensive linemen, but mostly it's been secondary and wide receiver for Virginia as far as the transfer portal. So right now, it's really about setting those official visits in the summer. There's a lot going in that first weekend. I mean, it's a lot of the um, some of the big targets like Jaron Johnson, like I mentioned, Joe Bill Allen, it was a very talented defensive lineman from the Peach State. You also had John Rogers coming in, the commitment. Ethan Mentor says he's likely coming in that first weekend. So that's going to be a big weekend for Virginia, and it seems like they're really trying to focus on the first two weekends. Um, a lot of these guys also have track and a lot of them are what I'm noticing either they're trying to map out their, their visits and trying to get them all done in June, or some of them are saying, listen, July 1st, I get unlimited official visits. So I'm just going to wait till later. So it's very interesting. The first class is going to have this unlimited official visits, visits, but just like with COVID extra year of eligibility where the NCAA said, yes, you get an extra year for 2020. They're not adjusting what the schools can do. So, for instance, the schools always had the 85 scholarship limit. So the COVID year was just another mathematical problem that schools had to be dealt with. This case, the schools still have the same limitations and how many official visits they can get, they can give, but kids can go more than five. So, again, that's going to be an interesting balance for schools and athletes because at the end of the day, schools might not be willing to bring you on an official visit, even if you want to take unlimited visits. So then if you're a, a big school or, or and you're trying to figure out how basically it's going to be a, a tightrope that you're going to be walking if you're a school trying to set up your official visits. While these athletes, although it's unlimited, it might be a little harder for you to get some of the official visits that you might want. So it's an interesting balance there. But um, a lot of guys are waiting for those. So we have a complete running list of official visits that we have confirmed right on Wahoo's 24-7 as well. Um, we also updated the Wahoo's 24-7 2024 tracker offer board. And the way we do it on there is also we list which one's trending towards Virginia. So you get a good idea of how many Virginia is taking for each position, how many they've had committed at that position at the 2024 class, and which ones are trending well for Virginia at that time that that post was updated, which was op- updated today on Thursday on May 11th. So all that's up on Wahoo's 24-7. But we're going to take a quick break here. Um, I thought this was a good time because uh, on our way back, we're actually going to answer some questions from our Wahoo's 24-7 subscribers. So we'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to the Godot Podcast. I'm Jack Franchilli for Wahoo's 24-7. And the first half of the show, we just kind of broke down the two big commitments that happened this week. 
But we also just kind of discuss what's next for Virginia as far as what they're looking for. And right now, just focused on official visits, setting those up for the summer, and also making sure that they're visiting a couple of schools um, this spring to either evaluate athletes, like they saw Miles and you throw, and then eventually a week later, they had an offer. Um, but also just making sure that they're out there and the V-Saber, as Coach Brzezinski likes to say, is out there and is known around the big schools that they want to um, snatch prospects up. So we're going to answer a few of our Wahoo's 24-7 subscriber questions. So here we go. Here's some of the questions that we have from our um, Wahoo's 24-7 subscribers. So go who's. How many wins do you predict for football? Oh, okay. So when I look at the schedule, it is a very tough schedule. And I'm actually going to bring up the schedule here on my phone so that I can look through them as I... I guess I should just give you guys a breakdown of um, what I think. I think right now it looks like most people, uh, I think Caesars and a lot of other ESPN have kind of chosen Virginia to have about three and a half games. That's been um, the pick. And I could see where they're coming from when you have three and a half games. I just think I could see Virginia going over on that one. Um, so let's go through really quickly. I'll have a more detailed look on the schedule uh, a little later this month um, or maybe beginning of June. I'll go have an episode just dedicated to the season predictions so I can go more in thorough description about it. But as of right now, I don't see Virginia beating Tennessee in Nashville. I have them beating JMU, so that's one win. Virginia at Maryland, that's, uh, that's a toss-up for me. I'm going to give it to Maryland right now because it's on the road. I'm actually getting Virginia over NC State, although I have a feeling NC State's defense is going to be pretty good. Um, I actually don't have faith in their offense right now. We'll see how that goes, but I picked Virginia in that one, so that's three. At Boston College, I actually picked Boston, I actually picked Virginia there. Um, William Mary, I pick Virginia. At UNC, I pick UNC. At Miami, I pick Miami. Um, Georgia Tech, because... Let's see, October 28th. That one's a tough one, actually. After that, at UNC, at Miami, that's a that's a very tough run. But I will possibly give that to Georgia, possibly give that to Virginia. That's my that is a 50-50 for me. At Louisville, right now I pick Louisville. Um, and then Virginia Duke, I pick Duke. And then Virginia, Virginia Tech in Charlottesville. I would give the edge to Virginia right now coming out of spring just because of the returners on defense. I want to see more of how the offense look, but I can see. So I can see actually Virginia going to five, six games. I I would be confident going with five, six wins. Um, I think Virginia has the, like, again, a lot of these games are very, are, are very tight. There are a lot of these teams have a lot, a lot of these AC teams have a lot of questions. And I think three and a half, I understand where that prediction is coming from, but I can see Virginia going over on that one. Like if, if I would, I probably would bet the over, but that's just me. I, I will go on more in depth look into the prediction, but I can honestly possibly say I bet the over. When will Arch be on grounds from HSC Wahoo? Um, do you mean arches like the frozen yoga play? That was that was there on uh, Emmett Street. I mean, I wish it was still there. I miss the gooey brownies. Anyways, does K Martin has a date when he'll decide? And how are we looking against the field? Now is who's for life 804. 
So Christian Martin obviously is a very big target for Virginia. He's a quarterback at a Highland Springs. I think for, there's no date for his announcement. I think a lot of people would want to decide um, before the season. That's what Christian has said a couple of times, but he has not said, this is the date that I want to decide. He's still working on official visits. I think Virginia is in a very good spot with him. Taylor Lamb and UVA have made it a point to kind of make him the priority at that position. And they've been focused a lot of attention on him. I mean, he came to camp. Um, well, first, Virginia went to his showcase. Then he came to camp, came to an unofficial visit about five days, five days later, picked up an offer on the official visit. Then Virginia went to his game in the fall. Then he came to a game in the fall for to watch Virginia. And then he came for a junior day in January. And then he came to the elite junior day at spring, at spring practice as well. So obviously there's a long relationship there between Christian Moore and Virginia. So Virginia is doing well against the field, but I wouldn't say it's a slam dunk, but I think they're trending well for Christian Martin at this time. Um, Stuart, you have spoken in the past about different fields of the football team this year. More buy-in by players, more familiarity with system. Can you give us a state of the program as we come out of the spring practice? So, I mean, I've kind of said this before. I think when you look at this program, there's Tony Elliott and his staff didn't have a game plan coming out of what happened in November. No one in this country, no, no college coach, no one knows how do you move forward of this? You don't move on. How do you move forward? And I think the staff has done an incredible job helping these young men. And I think UVA has done a good job with their uh, mental health support and just the family support for these young men to help, again, not move on, but move forward. Um, so that's been the big thing. And you've seen that unity among the team members. They all respect each other. They all are there. They all have this one thing that they're playing for and is to keep Lavelle Davis, Deshaun Perry, and Devin Chandler's memory alive. And seeing Mike Hollins and what he's been able to accomplish this spring and what he's been able to fight through and what he's constantly fighting through, you see what he's been able to do and you see that unity among the team. It helped bring this team together. And I think what you're also seeing is a lot more buy-in because of a lot of these players are becoming Tony Elliott's player, Des Kitching's players. The class that they signed, the first one from Tony Elliott, a lot of those guys are buying in. Like the Trey McDonald's, the J.R. Wilson's, the Stevie Bracey's. Those guys have bought in. Those guys want to come in. And you saw that from the spring game. You saw that from those young guys. They're hungry. They want to play. And you're seeing more of that. These guys weren't part of the club, part of the team that was successful. I mean, offensively, they were successful. So you're seeing the buy-in there because they don't know what it was like before. So whenever that was one thing I mentioned in one of the podcasts early on last year was Tony Elliott was in a weird circumstance where he was coming in not because of a firing, but because of a, someone who decided to step down. So he was having issues buying in because it's two different philosophies. So now you're having more of the guys who understand Tony Ellick's philosophy on the team. So you're seeing that more gel. And also the coaches and the, and the players, they've, they've adapted. You know, Tony Ellick said he's having more fun. He's, a little, he's getting to know the players more on an individual basis. He's learning a little bit more and delegating a little bit more. There's a lot of stuff thrown at him as a first-time head coach. So he learned in the first year. And the coaches all agreed. They all learned after that first year. So you see more smells. You see more people enjoying the game of football. And that that generally, if you're feeling good, it usually translates better. 
on the field. So that's that's what we've been kind of saying. That's why you've been saying more of that feels different around the program. You see them have more uh, more fun. OL recruits, if I put anything on the um, 2024 class. As far as defensive line, again, you can see this on the board that I posted on um, the Wahoos 24-7 site. I think right now, um, I like where Virginia at, is at with Grant Ellinger and Jamil Allen. I think Virginia is in a good spot for two. Right now, Virginia is looking to pit, take about three offensive linemen. I mean, they will. that's the one position group that they might take one more on that. Um, but they're going to try to take three. They already have one with Benjamin York. So I think them Jamil Allen and Grant Ellinger are the two that I would say Virginia is in a good spot right now. Um, unfortunately, Mason Wade did not include Virginia in his latest cut down list. I think Virginia had a lot to work on that one. I, I wouldn't say they're down and out because you're never down and out and recruiting, especially with transporter, you're not down and out, but I think um, it's going to be hard to turn the tide there. Virginia did bring Kyle Altooner to a visit and did a very good job with them. So it's one to watch out for. But I, it's too early to tell where they where they're currently trending. So um, Jamil Allen has an official visit set, and Grant Ellinger is currently trying to set one up. But he said he's um, likely to come that first weekend as well. Um, also from Salem, who um, is there any recruit that seems to be trending elsewhere right now? Committed, but you wouldn't count us out for. Um, and Rainer. Um, and this will be my uh, the last question here for um, the podcast. And then I'll, I'll if there's any other question, um, I will I will answer those in a crafts confidential next week. So as far as trending elsewhere, so I actually have a few of them listed on that board um, early on here. So let's see. Uh, commits. So Anthony Reddick, he committed to Maryland. Uh, Virginia offered him this year, um, but it was a, a late offer. But his he's got some connections with UVA. So I think for him, and he also is from an in-state program. He's from Phoebus, who obviously um, there are some connections there to UVA as well. I think you can keep an eye on him. They're not going to stop recruiting him. I think I think he's the one you also keep an eye on. Defensive tackle Jacoby Mirror. He committed to Stanford, so that's a hard, hard one to flip. Um, but he's one also I would keep an eye on. Is, but at the same time, they're taking two defensive tackles. And right now, Justin Terrell, Eric Mensa, and Tyler Simmons are three that I think Virginia, um, you got to keep an eye on. So although I have J- Jacoby Murray there um, to keep an eye on the board, they're doing well with a number of DTs at the moment. Um, Makai Barson is one that's trending away. I felt really good about him when they first offered and during the fall, but there are extenuating circumstances where things might have started to cool, but they could warm up again. If certain things happen in the spring semester um, and possibly in the uh, fall. So never know there. So that's a NASA recruitment to keep an eye on. And obviously Zaire Rayner committed to Minnesota UVA legacy. His dad, Wally Rayner was, at Virginia spring game. So obviously I would keep an eye on Zaire Rayner as well. Well, thanks again for our Wahoo's 24 seven subscribers to send in those questions. Um, I appreciate uh, those questions and uh, we'll have caps confidential tomorrow or Friday, depending when you listen to this podcast, I'll have it on Friday and I'll have more recruiting tidbits, including what's going on as far as these 24 targets. Um, some names to possibly look out for for possible offer offers down the line since they're evaluating these guys. 
Um, and also to figure out where these coaches are. You know, Kevin Downing, uh, defensive tackle coach, is in Florida today, um, Thursday, if you're listening to this afterwards. So they're obviously looking into several different prospects. So we'll have a little bit of a breakdown of where some of these coaches have been this week so that you can see which targets are at those different high schools. So you get a good idea of who is on the board, who's not. And obviously you have that available also on Wahoo's 24-7. So we'll be back here next week. Again, I can't promise you a day since everything's a little more chaotic with me being on the road too. Next Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I will be on the road visiting different high schools, thus interviewing different prospects. So it'll be a little bit more hectic. So I can't guarantee you an episode on Wednesday, but that is my that is my hope that a Wednesday episode or a Thursday morning episode is when I will be posting it. So until then, I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. And obviously you can always find me on Wahoo's 24-7 and at JackieFriend underscore on Twitter. So hope you have a great rest of your Thursday and a great weekend. And mothers, hope you guys have a happy Mother's Day. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.